Welcome to the November 14th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. Today we will be going over Proverb 14, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give them ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 14, beginning in verse 1. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is perverse in his ways despises him. In the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it, but knowledge is easy to him who understands. Go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is favor. The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. The house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Even in laughter the heart may sorrow, and the end of mirth may be grief. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of wicked intentions is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil will bow before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor man is hated even by his own neighbor, but the rich has many friends. He who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Do they not go astray who devise evil? But mercy and truth belong to those who devise good. In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, 
and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. In a multitude of people is a king's honor, but in the lack of people is the downfall of a prince. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. The wicked is banished in his wickedness, but the righteous has a refuge in his death. Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding, but what is in the heart of fools is made known. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him who causes shame. Today I'm briefly going to go over verse 2, which says, He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is perverse in his ways despises him. Here, verse 2 tells us the great division between people who serve God and follow him and those that don't. And it says, he who walks in his uprightness. When I read this verse, I feel I fit into this category because I have received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am walking my life every day and trying to become more and more like Jesus. I believe I am walking in uprightness. I am consistently um, making good decisions, or at least to the best of my ability. And then, conversely, there are people who are perverse in his ways. And whenever you hear that word perverse, basically it means doing the wrong thing or doing things that are evil or things that are not good. And people who are that way, the furthest thing from their mind is God and whether they're doing things that please God or not. They simply do what they want to do. They run their own lives. They feel they are in charge of their own lives. And they don't give a second thought about whether they're doing the right thing or not or whether they are going to please God with the things that they do. I have been prompted by the Holy Spirit lately to talk about servanthood, and there's two examples in the Bible. I'm going to go over one of them today, and I'll probably go over the other one sometime this week. I'm not sure when. But I wanted to go over the gospel account in chapter 10 of Mark, And this is entitled, Greatness in Serving. So let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 10, beginning in verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? 
They said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. There are a number of things that we can take from this. First of all, Jesus is making it very clear when it says, I do not have the right to grant you the ability to sit at my right or left hand. And he is making it clear here that this is not his choice, but this is his Father, God's choice. And God has prepared a place in heaven for who is going to sit at the right and left hand of Jesus. The right hand is ordinarily the position of authority and the place, or the most prominent place, and the left is slightly below that. But he also says, if you're truly to be a leader, then you must be the slave of all. Let's take a quick look back at our verse today in Proverbs 14. In verse 2, it says, He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is perverse in his ways despises him. Let's just look at the first part of that. He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord. Now, this is an example, and I want to put myself in this place because I believe the first part of this verse pertains to me, and I fear the Lord. I have a reverence for God. I recognize that He is God, and I am not, and I humble myself before Him, knowing that He knows everything He has in store for me, What he wants for my life is better than what I want for my life. That is the love that God has for me. And I respect that. I respect who he is and the authority that I have given him in my life. 
We talk about this, and I know every every day at the end of the podcast, I say a prayer and I ask that people make Jesus the Lord of their life. And I just want to spend just a few moments talking about this because I don't think most people do this. When I think about making Jesus the Lord of my life, this is what I think. Okay, say you're with your best friend and you're going to a ball game and you are driving. And so you take the keys and you say, you know, Jesus, you sit over here, you sit in the passenger seat, but you are going to drive the car. This is your life. And you want Jesus in the car with you. But when I say that you make Jesus the Lord of your life, what you actually are doing is handing the keys of your life over to Jesus. And you're saying, Jesus, here, you go ahead and you drive. And I want you to think about that because that is what we really do if we truly make Jesus the Lord of our life. We give him the keys to the car. The car is our life, and we allow him to take us where he wants to take us. And I have done that. But there has been times in my life where I wanted to give Jesus the majority of things in my life, but there were some things I still wanted to hold on to. But friends, if you turn over the keys of your life to Jesus, you are no longer in control. You have now given him the ability to take you anywhere that he wants to. May I suggest to you that if you do that, that it's a good place to be? Anyway, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Friends, if there's anyone listening today, and if you've never taken that step, I ask you to repeat a simple prayer after me today. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to earth. Jesus, thank you that you were willing to come to earth to die for all of my sins. You were willing to be crucified on a cross so that all of my sins would be forgiven. You didn't just take on my sins, but you took on the sins of everyone for all time And for that, I am eternally grateful. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, tomorrow is Testimony Day. I invite you to come on as I'll have a special guest on, and I'm sure that you will be blessed. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.